I wonder if the last two years have been some of the hardest of your life. For a lot of people, I think that's true in different ways. If the last couple of years have been really challenging, if they felt like they've broken down everything, the structures of what you knew in your life, and if you feel like that has all been changed either for the better or for the worse, then that might have something to do with Saturn's transit through Capricorn. And it is almost through with that transit. As I'm recording this in December of 2022, Saturn will be moving into Aquarius in January of 2023, where it will stay. It will no longer retrograde back into Capricorn anymore. It will be in Aquarius until March of 2025. And so we're going to talk about everything that that means during this episode. So first, I want to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I am your host, Rosemary Holbrook, your friendly neighborhood Vedic astrologer and yoga teacher. I'm training to become a yoga therapist. So giving personalized yoga practices based on things going on astrologically or Ayurvedically is kind of my jam. So listen to the end, as always, for some journal prompts and yoga practices to work with this energy that we have going on. So typically on one of these episodes, I'm giving very much more short-term stuff and we can incorporate the yoga practices in on a weekly or monthly basis. But this one is lasting two and a half years. So this is going to be a really hefty episode. So first things first, if you don't have your Vedic birth chart, maybe you're familiar with astrology, interested in astrology, maybe you're interested in astrology and yoga. If you've been around, welcome back. But if you're new here, grab your free Vedic birth chart from my website. You can go to yogiscopes.com, spelled just like this podcast, slash chart, or it's always linked in the show notes and the description. I'm now posting podcast episodes to YouTube as well. Um, and so that's helpful. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you can see my face. Hello. And you can also see just me being goofy, but also on YouTube, I'm able to put episode chapters so you can jump around to the portions of the episode that if you want to revisit, because I suspect with something this long term, you may want to revisit it several times throughout the transit. So this is going to be for everything Saturn and Aquarius. Just a quick rundown of where we'll be going during this episode, because I, I recognize that this is going to be a particularly hefty one, but it's because I want to tell you everything you might need to know related to this transit. And we're also going to look at some historical events that have happened during Saturn in Aquarius the last time it was in Aquarius. So first, I'll tell you the dates, which I already kind of told you generally how long Saturn will be in Aquarius, but I'll tell you the specific dates. Um, and then we're going to look at the dates of the last time Saturn was in Aquarius and what kind of stuff was happening in the world then to just get a little bit of a better idea and a better handle on what might happen this time on a global level. And then we'll also talk about some quick special considerations about Saturn's transit, which are Saudi Sati, Saturn return, and one more thing we'll talk about, which is why you need your birth chart. That's what I was getting at earlier. That's why you need your birth chart, because to know if those things apply to you, you will need to know specifically where your moon sign is in Vedic astrology. So you can get that chart for free on my website. And there's also a handy dandy free worksheet there to help you interpret it because I recognize it like myself included. Most of the time when people look at a birth chart for the first time, it's just like, what is this nonsense? It looks like a foreign language because it is. There's a language of astrology and I have that worksheet to help you understand it. And so for those special considerations, you will need to know where your natal moon is placed, especially, but it'll also be helpful to know where your natal Saturn is placed and your rising sign. And then we're going to go into what Saturn represents individually. I always like to talk in depth about what, where these archetypes come from, because that's what astrology is. That's how we understand how astrology might impact our life. We look at these archetypes that often evolve from people way back a long time ago before we had all this distraction of social media and YouTube and stuff blah, on our face all the time, people had more time to just pay attention, right? To just notice patterns. And we still do that in our own way. Nowadays, it's called science, but people just notice patterns and these archetypes that we get from astrology arose from the patterns that people notice. So I like to cover in depth what the planet represents, what the sign represents. So we'll talk about those individually and then we'll put it all together to talk about what Saturn in Aquarius really means 
And then we'll finish with some yoga practices and journal prompts. Here we go. Saturn will be in Aquarius from January 17th of 2023 until March 29th of 2025. And so this is interesting because it is not retrograding back into Capricorn at all during that time. It's not bouncing into Pisces and then retrograding back to Aquarius on that date in 2025 when Saturn does move into Pisces. It will be there. It won't retrograde back into Aquarius again. And so that's kind of typical for Saturn transits. Actually, it's been in Capricorn since January of 2020. So notice that's three years from January of 2020 to January of 2023. And then from January of 2023 to March of 2025 is just over two years. It's actually not even quite two and a half years. So typically we say a Saturn transit lasts on average from two and a half to three years. That's normal. It takes 30 years for Saturn to complete an entire revolution through the zodiac because it's taking two and a half to three years to move through a sign. So it spent a little extra long in Capricorn. It's not spending quite as long in Aquarius. So that's the first kind of interesting point about it. But it did take a dip into Aquarius this past summer from April 28th or summer in the Northern Hemisphere, if you will. So I'm in the States. So summer for me might not be summer for you if you're in like Australia or something. But anyway, um, from April 28th to July 12th of 2022, Saturn was in Aquarius. Now for the last couple weeks of that, it was retrograde and then it retrograde back into Capricorn where it is now and will be until January 17th when it makes its final move into Aquarius. And it will not be back in Capricorn again for the entire rest of the cycle for the next 28 to 30 years. So if you want to know what Saturn in Aquarius will be like to you, if you can think of the overall theme of the last time it was there, that can be helpful. And so it was only there for a little bit. So if you just think about majorly like May and June, because I think it began its retrograde motion at the end of June, it was like the 28th or 29th. I don't know. It's not that important. But if you think about May and June of this year of 2022, and what that was like for you. Were you kind of like on your A game? Did, it, did things feel a little lighter? I know I noticed that around that time, folks were kind of starting to talk about gathering again after like post-COVID. And then we've kind of like not heard about that a little bit more. This particular cold and flu season has been a really bad one. It's like made national headlines. And that has really been since July that I've seen that we've been seeing like illnesses come back. And I do think that has a little bit to do with Saturn in Capricorn. That's been one of the major themes of Saturn in Capricorn. And so let's just talk now about before that, before summer of 2022, when Saturn took a dip into Aquarius. And that was from March of 1993 until June of 1995. So if you remember that time, maybe you can think about what those couple years were like for you just the overall themes because again Saturn is the slowest moving planet in Vedic astrology technically the outer planets of Neptune Uranus and Pluto are slower moving from our perspective slower moving in an astrological sense Vedic astrology doesn't really consider those and if you're coming from a western background you can just say Saturn is the slowest of the personal planets so its results are really subtle the themes and things that happen in our life based on Saturn the effects that Saturn has on us in our lives are not like you wake up one day and things are different. Like maybe a lot of times I hear people say they can't put their finger on that day, but it's like they can look back over a period of a couple of years and see how during those couple of years, things were getting better. And those couple of years might have marked a turning point. So we can look back to the last time Saturn was in Aquarius for a couple of years, and that was March of 93 till June of 95. So if you were born in that time, you are now coming to your Saturn return. If you want to know for yourself, I recommend getting your birth chart really and just looking and seeing if your Saturn is an Aquarius or not. If you were born in one of those two months on the end. Anyway, so if you were born there, you're experiencing a Saturn return. Or if you were born the previous time that Saturn was an Aquarius, if you have Saturn in Aquarius, you're experiencing Saturn return. We'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to talk about what happened Largely during 1994, what happened during the time that Saturn was in Aquarius? What were some overall themes on a global level from those couple of years? So we saw lots of advancements in tech, and we also saw 
a lot of movements towards peace. I think largely it was a peaceful time, which I have to give this with a caveat. Like I was born during that window. I have Saturn in Aquarius, so I feel extremely qualified to talk about this topic. And I'm going through my first Saturn return and Sati Sati, interestingly. So we'll talk about what those two things mean in a moment. But first, I just want to talk about what was going on between really in the year of 1994, like 93 to 95. What was happening then? So first thing that came to mind before I started researching this was Windows 95, dude, like groundbreaking. So computers were around before that and the Internet was around before that. But I know I remember we had a Windows 95 computer at home and it was like our first run in with like the PC, the personal computer. And we had that little screensaver on it that was like going through a maze and, and me and my brother would play like not Minecraft, Minesweeper on there. So like, you know what I mean? It's just it's the first run in with this tech advancement becoming really widely available to the people. So the military already had the Internet. So we see that like power to the people like that's a very Saturn in Aquarius thing this like power to the people thing that's happening so we'll talk more about why that is when we get to what Aquarius represents and what Saturn represents in a moment but so some key historical events that happened during that time in 1994 there was an assault weapon ban and try pretty hard not to get very political like I'm trying to just present what happened but obviously the things that I pick out to speak on or whatever Anyway, um, you know, I'm like, I have to show my biases and whatever. So interestingly, now we're seeing inklings in the news of President Biden bringing that up again. And that assault weapons ban was active until 2004 and then it expired. And I found an article, actually a research article that said during that time, mass shootings in the U.S. were reduce at a statistically significant rate. So that means proven by math and statistics, the mass shootings were reduced. And it wasn't just like in an observational way, like it was like they did some math and they were like, yeah, we can attribute this correlation wise to the assault weapons ban. Um, and so that's an interesting thing that happened. Another interesting thing that happened during that time was the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, which has since been replaced with something else, but that came to existence in 1994. And then also in 1994, Nelson Mandela became the president of South Africa, and we know that he was a powerful humanitarian activist for ending apartheid in South Africa. And then also I found, interestingly, the Ukraine disbanded a lot of its nuclear arsenal in 1994 after the fall of the Soviet Union because they were at peace with Russia, which we know that's not the same right now. But um, then also the Channel Tunnel opened between the UK and France in 94. The first genetically engineered tomatoes were made in 1994. Jordan, the country, and Israel signed a peace treaty in 1994. So these are just some historical events I picked out just researching like what was happening in the world in 1994, because that was the kind of peak Saturn and Aquarius time, the last time. And so I just want to point out that, like, of course, I was picking things that kind of fit what I was looking for, what my impression of what Saturn in Aquarius will be like. So to some degree, I was picking things that would prove my point. Like there were some other things that happened, like uh, the figure skater Tanya Harding got attacked right um anyway like that kind of stuff there were still like mass transit accidents there were like bad things happening but i just noticed that an overall theme a lot of this stuff happening during those years were advancements in tech and um and, you know like we had the cold war and like uh desert storm like whatever that stuff was happening in the early 90s um which actually i'm dating myself because i'm telling you i was born in that window so like i don't I don't remember much before like 95, 96 in my personal experience memory other than what people have told me, but wasn't Desert Storm like 91 or two? So that would be like a Saturn and Capricorn thing. Like we see governments fighting during Saturn and Capricorn, like changing of structures of governments. And then when Saturn moves into Aquarius, we see more like 
peace times and things like I brought up the channel tunnel opening because that's like a big technological advancement that connects people more because it makes it easier for people to travel, right? So um, that kind of stuff I think is a large theme of Saturn and Aquarius. And so um, you could do some more research. If you'd like to know, you can ask me and I'll tell you some more dates about the last time Saturn was in Aquarius before that. So that like maybe you're going through a second Saturn return or Sati Sati if you have moon in Aquarius. So if you want to do a little more research, if you care, you can let me know in the comments on the YouTube video. Um, but those were just some interesting points I thought that like really helped paint the picture for what the themes are. And so now let's get into some other stuff. Let's first, before we talk about more of what Saturn represents and what Aquarius represents and all of that, before we put all the pieces together, I just want to give a couple quick notes about if you do have Saturn in Aquarius, if you were born during that window like I was, or if you were born at another time when Saturn was in Aquarius, or if you have moon in Aquarius. And so reminder that the moon moves through all of the zodiac signs every month. It's changing, you know, that's what a moon cycle is. The moon moves signs every two and a half days or so. So it moves through all of the zodiac signs once a month. So there's a high chance, a lot higher chance that you have moon in Aquarius than you having Saturn in Aquarius if you're listening to this episode. But so if you do have Saturn in Aquarius, if you are 28, 58, or 88 years old, you are starting your either first, second, or third Saturn return. And so Saturn return is just when Saturn transits over your natal Saturn, kind of like a solar return is your birthday. It's when the sun returns to the same position it was in your birth chart, which happens every year. And a lunar return, I see people talk about it sometimes. I'm like, dude, happens every month. It's like a thing, but it's not that big of a deal. And so same thing with a solar return. It's a thing. It's like, whatever, it's your birthday. Um, and so it's kind of, it's like mild. It's a bigger deal than the lunar return, a solar return is. But a Saturn return is like a really big deal. It's a major up-leveling. It's what sets the stage for the next 30-year cycle of Saturn. So similarly with a, a solar return, you can set the stage for your next trip around the sun, your next year on Earth. Um, and that's just a lot smaller, smaller play, like lower stakes for a solar return. But for a Saturn return, um, it's just a bigger deal. It's like, are you going to up-level or are you going to spend the next 30 year cycle of Saturn like being the same old shit that you've been in? Right. So we'll talk about some more of that in a moment, like what that shit might be or like how to work with it if you do want to up level. Um, but then Sati Sati is if you have moon in Aquarius. And so Sati Sati in Sanskrit means seven and a half because it is a seven and a half year period. So like I was saying before, Saturn takes two to three years because we're seeing now, I guess if you add up the couple months that Saturn was in Aquarius in summer of 2022 to the January to March of 2025, I guess that makes like two years and five months, whatever. It's like two and a half to three years Saturn will spend in a sign. And so if you do that times three, because Sati Sati, that makes seven and a half. Sati Sati is when Saturn transits over the sign before your moon. So this is also sometimes described as 12th from your moon in the birth chart basics course, which right now it's just released as a replay for the members. We did a birth chart basics workshop, but I described this Bavam technique and I'm planning next week, I'll release it as a mini course. My Christmas gift to you could be super cheap for folks that sign up right away. Be on the lookout for that next week, especially if you've gotten the decoder. I'm going to email those people that have gotten the birth chart decoder. So if you don't have that or you're not on my email list, make sure you are if you're interested in that. But with this technique 12th from the moon, First from the moon means when it when Saturn transits your moon. So if you have moon in Aquarius, when Saturn moves into Aquarius, you'll be entering the peak of your Sati Sati. And then it's still going on when Saturn transits the sign after your natal moon, which is also known as second from the moon because it's the next house after your natal moon. And so that takes total seven and a half years, which is what Sati Sati means there's also another consideration that I'll talk more about in the membership sign by sign. I will point out who this is happening for in the membership sign by sign. So I'm going to do a public sign by sign at the end of this episode, but that part will be reserved for only the members and the Yogi Scopes community membership. They get weekly sign by signs. 
there's also this concept called Gaia, which is it has to do with Saturn aspects. And I'll, I'll talk more about it for the folks in the membership. But don't worry about it. If you want to Google it, Google it. Um, so if you have Sagittarius moon, when Saturn exits Aquarius, your Sati Sati is over. Congrats. I hope things start looking up for you a lot. Also, because Saturn is Moltracone in Aquarius, which means that's its like highest expression is where it does the best. So I think um, kind of like what I was alluding to earlier with the historical events, like I think it's going to be a good time. I think it's going to be a lot better than Saturn in Capricorn has been for a lot of folks. But if you're if you have moon in Sagittarius, it's probably going to be extra good for you compared to other folks because your Sati Sati is over and that's amazing. So if you don't know, get your birth chart. If you do know, congrats. And if you're a Pisces moon, because Aquarius is the 12th from Pisces, it's the sign before Pisces. When Saturn moves into Aquarius, you will be beginning your Sati Sati. So those considerations, just a quick recap of what I meant is that if you have Saturn in Aquarius, you're beginning your Saturn return, which can be a period of major up leveling and you can set the stage for either finishing out the cycle having learned your karmic lessons or you can not do that and you can be stuck in your same old bullshit and we'll talk about what um, those karmic lessons that kind of stuff in just a moment but if you have moon in Sagittarius your Sati Sati is over if you have moon in Capricorn you're moving into the final phase of your Sati Sati and that should be a little bit better I think for Capricorn moons, the peak of your Sati Sati, these past three years almost that Saturn has been in Capricorn have probably been extra challenging for Capricorn moons specifically over everybody else. And if you have moon in Aquarius, you are entering the peak of your Sati Sati. And if you have moon in Pisces, you're beginning it. So um, we can talk more about that. In fact, the workshop coming up for the members in January, which these are also, so they're free for members, but they are drop-in available for the public. The workshop coming up in January, we're right now it's slated for January 22nd, which is a Sunday. Um, and I just don't, I don't have it up online yet, but if you want to pencil it into your calendar on January 22nd, we're going to be talking about the karmic indicators in Vedic astrology, how to work with karma. Um, so we're going to be talking about Saturn, Rahu, K2, and Jupiter. And how to long-term plan. So this workshop is intentionally placed after Saturn has already moved into Aquarius. So you can kind of get a feel for it and kind of make your, formulate your plan for the next five years through the um, Saturn in Aquarius and Saturn in Pisces. And we'll be looking at what will be happening with Jupiter and Rahu and K2 because that matters. And we'll also look at some historical data about those things. Folks that attend the workshop will get the last so the next five years and the last 20 years before now, dates of when those planets were in what signs so that you can do some research into your own life. So um, that's coming up in January. Be on the lookout for that. Or if you want to be a member so that you can attend that, um, side note, I did open the membership for the waitlist. It's open for signups again until Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So you can actually, I extended a special offer to the waitlist. Um, which was if they sign up yearly, they can get a free reading. So all those spots expired from when I was doing that promotion a few weeks ago. So if you sign up, if you weren't on the wait list, sorry, if you sign up yearly, you're not going to get the free reading. If you were on the wait list, this is just your reminder that if you do want to sign up yearly, that includes a free reading only for folks on the wait list. But the way I did it is like technically the links on the Membership page, if you go to yogiscopes.com slash membership, they're going to work for just anybody. Um, and that'll also be linked in the show notes in the description. So if you do want to join the membership and come to our yearly planning party, that workshop next month, um, it's going to be cheaper for you to be a member and attend those things for free and get the sign by sign. Also included lots of other stuff. So you can go to that page. You can sign up. If you're on the wait list, the offer for a free reading is extended to you all because I do like to reward you for indicating your interest. Um, and if you're not on the wait list, you can sign up too until Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So now that we've talked about those special significations of Saturn. So I just brought all that stuff up that I just said because I think if 
you're one of those things I just mentioned, Saturn and Aquarius, Moon in Sagittarius, Capricorn, uh, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, or Pisces. If you have Moon in one of those four signs or Saturn and Aquarius, these workshops might be extra beneficial for you than they are for other people. The yearly planning workshop that's coming up this Sunday and the five-year planning. So it's kind of five-year planning. It's a little bit looking at karma. It's like looking at where you've been, where you're going. So this workshop, the workshop coming up this weekend is like more focused on just 2023 and all the little minuscule stuff that is happening next year. And we'll also do some yoga, lots of yoga, an hour and a half of yoga and meditation, in fact. And then we'll talk about the astrology and have time for Q&A. It's going to be great. Um, and then the one in January will probably be much shorter. It'll only be about two hours as opposed to three. And it will, we'll be looking at a much more big picture um, and kind of looking at karma and that kind of stuff. So we'll have a lecture on karma and then we'll be looking at what the planets are doing and how that relates in January. So. That's exciting. And if you're already a member, you, of course, get access to that. But I just brought that up um, because I think this time might be a little harder for those signs that I mentioned. So what does Saturn represent? Saturn is the karika or significator for hard work and change, discipline. So Saturn ultimately represents the doer of karma. So I feel like this I need to give a little caveat about what karma is because in the U.S. where I am, people have this idea of like instant karma. Like if you cut somebody off in traffic, you're going to get rear-ended or like if you skip in line, you're going to drop your ice cream cone, like whatever, like instant karma. Like it's not really what karma means. It's kind of like a co-opted version of karma. And so karma is your baggage. It's your spiritual baggage. So your birth chart is your karma. Every single planet in your birth chart can show your karma. Um, it can show the lessons that you need to work through in this life. And so Saturn, so when it says, when I say that Saturn is going to like give you the fruits of your karma, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. That's, it's kind of like saying like, have the day you deserve, you know, just kind of this like backhanded thing. But it's like when people say that instead of, you know, have a good day, they say have the day you deserve. That's like um backhanded way of saying like if you've been a little shit, you're going to have a shitty day. If you've been a nice person, you're going to have a nice day. And that's kind of on a grander scale what Saturn is. So if you've been kind of moping around and just feeling sorry for yourself and like not, especially if you're one of those signs that I mentioned, one of those moon signs between Sagittarius and Pisces, if your moon's in or between those signs. Or if you have Saturn in Aquarius or Saturn in Capricorn, probably also. If things have been hard for you and you're kind of like, meh, poor me about it, then Saturn's going to be like, yeah, poor you. And it's going to keep giving you hard stuff. Or if you're like, wow, this kind of sucks. I'm going to hold space for myself for that that is hard. Because I'm, I'm also never one to like toxic positivity you and say like, just deal with it. We're going to talk about that in a minute because another big thing that Saturn represents is fear. And so I'm going to tell you how I think you should deal with fear. And it's not just lean into it and pretend like you don't have it because fear is valid. But anyway, if you're just like, wow, OK, this is hard. What can I do about it? That's what Saturn's going to reward. If you um, nut up or shut up, you know what I mean? Like if you do what needs to be done, Saturn's going to be like, OK, good job. And you're um, what I often hear said about Saturn is Saturn delays, but it doesn't deny. It's going to make you work for the prize. It's going to dangle a carrot in front of your face. But if you do the things you need to do, Saturn will give you the carrot. Like it's not just going to dangle it in front of your face and then jerk it away kind of thing. So the best example I could give about Saturn is, so Saturn is also a teacher. Jupiter is a teacher, guru. It's like the teacher. But Saturn is also a teacher. And so the thing I like to equate Saturn to is like if you've ever had a super strict teacher or like maybe a sports coach, mentor, somebody like that, who they were a hard ass on you. But in doing so, in being a hard ass on you, it inspired you to work harder. Like just this kind of teacher that you know they're not going to accept shoddy work. So you intentionally don't ever bring them shoddy work because you know they're going to be like, do it again, right? And you'd rather just do it right the first time, like that kind of teacher or maybe parent, you know, whatever, mentor. 
or coach. I can think of like a swimming coach I had in high school. I had one swimming coach who was like kind of fresh out of college and she kind of like wanted to be our friend a little bit like and I just didn't when she got tough, I didn't want to work as hard for her because I was like, where is this coming from? But then I had this other swim coach after her who was like me. She like yelled at us all the time. Like she was like red in the face and she would like, you know, like if we did a poor job on a drill, she'd make us do the drill again. But then I like was more inspired to show up to practice. Like for the other one, I didn't care as much. Does that make sense? Like maybe you can think about if you've ever experienced that in your life. Um, if you've had a strict teacher or somebody who was like, maybe you kind of didn't like them at the time, but then looking back on it, you could see how they did inspire you and you did make a lot of progress during that time. So that's kind of, that's Saturn. And um, Saturn is that teacher who you're like, probably pissed off at in the moment. You're like, oh, what the fuck, man? Like, you're so mean. And then and then you get back after the fact and you're like, wow, that really was for my growth. And I really did grow a lot and and rose to the challenge. So that's the idea. So just a couple other quick notes about Saturn before we move on to what Aquarius represents. So Saturn in Hindu mythology is the son of Surya, the sun, and Chaya, which is shadow. So Saturn is also often said to be the merger of light and shadow into Satya, which is truth. So it's kind of like shadow work. I've been alluding to that on past podcast episodes. I actually just recently did a meditation I uploaded that's kind of like shadow work, like holding space for the darker parts inside of you, shining that light into the darker parts. Like that is what Saturn does. It's here to like show you your bullshit so that you can do something about it. Um, and so then also Saturn is very Vata in nature. It's ruled by Vayu, the air element. So we'll talk more about that when we get to the yoga practices. But if you're having trouble with Saturn, it can be ungrounding. So we'll talk more about that. And in Sanskrit, Shani for Saturn, that's what Saturn is in Sanskrit, it means slow. So it's a slow burn. Like all this stuff I'm talking about is a slow burn. It's not going to happen overnight. Like this is a really big episode because I'm like, you might revisit this several times over the next two years and a couple months until Saturn moves into Pisces. So I just wanted you to know those couple things about Saturn, where the, all that stuff that I said about what Saturn means comes from. So now let's talk about Aquarius. So I mentioned that Saturn is Mool Tricone in Aquarius. So Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. It's also, if you ask some folks, its secondary ruler is Rahu, which also, if you ask some folks, Rahu can give similar results to Saturn if you are sort of doing Saturnine things, which is like meditating and having a routine. So, um, if it wasn't clear enough earlier when I said Saturn represents like structures, habits, routines, I don't know if maybe I said those words, but it's, it's like related to our relationship with hard work and discipline and fear. It's related to our karma. Like how do we work through karma? It's through hard work and discipline. So if you're not getting caught up in the illusion and the smoke and mirrors of Rahu type stuff. Anyway, so those are qualities of Aquarius. And so you have to consider when you're considering what any sign kind of means you definitely want to consider the ruler of that sign which is another thing that I went over in the birth chart basics workshop which is going to be released next week as a little reminder I'll email everybody so if you're not on my email list make sure you are um so because there will be a special deal and then eventually it'll cost more money so for the first people that sign up there's going to be my Christmas gift to you special deal it's going to be cheap so anyway Aquarius, just some key words about Aquarius. And this is where I'm like, most of the people that I speak to, I think most of you have some background in Western astrology because I am in the U.S. So a lot of people that resonate with me and what I teach are from the U.S. or from like Western places where Western astrology kind of reigns supreme. And so the archetypes that you know about Aquarius, like kind of eccentric, uh, aloof, you know, but really smart and sciencey tech oriented, those are true. Like that's one thing that I can say about Vedic astrology and Western astrology is that a lot of the archetypes for the signs carry over between the systems. We just kind of understand it in a little bit different way, I think, in, in Vedic astrology. So just some keywords for what Aquarius represents or characteristics of Aquarius. Aquarius is aloof. It's clever. 
maybe Aquarians or people with placements in Aquarius or also like these are the qualities that Aquarius is bringing to Saturn during this transit. So also Aquarius is eccentric. Aquarius is very humanitarian. So I mentioned recently because we've had all the planets moving into Sagittarius right now. It's December. And so during December, typically the sun, Venus, and Mercury move into Sagittarius. The sun's moving there in just a couple of days. And so Sagittarius is very humanitarian. Sagittarius is very um, philosophical. It's the ninth sign of the zodiac. Aquarius is an even higher expression of that or in a different way. Aquarius is a progressive. It's forward thinking, like power to the people. Um, it's sort of rebellious and revolutionary. And so also important note, we have Neptune just went direct in Aquarius about 10 days ago now as I'm recording this. So in early December, it was December 4th of 2022 when Neptune went direct in Aquarius. And so Neptune is an outer planet. It spends a lot longer in a sign. But I have noticed since... Neptune went direct in Aquarius and so we'll have Saturn moving there next year. This is just a good example of like what Aquarius represents and so Neptune is sort of this like dreamy illusion. Neptune is like a secondary ruler of Pisces which is I give that with a caveat because in Vedic astrology traditionally Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto weren't used but now sometimes they are. Things evolve and change whatever. I'm not mad about it. Some people are um but so sometimes people say Neptune is a ruler of Pisces and some purists of Vedic astrology are like, no, it's not, but I'm like, whatever. Um, the qualities are similar. Like Neptune is kind of dreamy, um, can kind of represent illusion. And what have we seen since December 4th or what is so one thing that I've seen making headlines is artificial intelligence. And there's been this sort of argument over the merits of artificial intelligence People are scared. People are um, kind of fighting it. So I just think we're going to get more into that in a minute. But just think about this Aquarius um, archetype is like futuristic. Like I mentioned Windows 95 earlier, like massive improvements in tech that might be kind of ground shattering when they first come out. Like there might be problems with them when they first come out, but they're going to change the landscape of society. And that's very like Aquarius. So just, I just bring that stuff up to kind of tell you more about what Aquarius represents. So now we can get into what Saturn and Aquarius together will be. And so that we can know how to work with it. So one other quick note about something that I that I have noticed is making headlines this week, which I feel is related to Neptune going direct in Aquarius, is fusion. So I don't know if you know about nuclear fission versus fusion, but nuclear power has worked through nuclear fission, which is the splitting of molecules, and it's been believed for a long time. I know this has been around since I was in engineering school, which is like almost 10 years ago now that I was in engineering school and learning about physics and all this stuff. They believed they were like, if we could like do this particle accelerator thing to like fuse the molecules to make power out of that, instead of splitting molecules to make power, it's much more efficient. It's much more clean. There's no like radioactivity to it. And something that made headlines this week since Neptune has gone direct in Aquarius is they discovered that it worked basically. And I don't, I'm not going to get into more details than that because obviously it's like more nuanced. Like we're not here to talk about, like I'm not one of those astrologers that tries to, or like new age spiritual people that tries to like co-opt actual physics because honestly, like I have a pretty good understanding of actual physics. I took calculus based physics one and two at a college level. So I'm like, when people talk about quantum theory and how it relates to spiritual stuff, I'm like, slow down like maybe but we don't know that so quit talking about it like it's a thing when we don't know that it's a thing maybe it's a thing I'm not saying it's not a thing but anyway just um these breakthroughs happening in science and tech that's just another good example of Aquarius related things so I think when Saturn moves there so we already have Neptune there right now in Aquarius and so when Saturn moves there we're going to see more of this we're going to see a buildup of these sort of tech advancements and breakthroughs making their way into our society at large. So 
Hopefully everything I've talked to up until now really illustrates what's happening at a societal level with Saturn and Aquarius, where it's been in history, things that are happening related to Aquarius now. So now we can put all that together and talk about what Saturn and Aquarius means on a more personal level. And so this is where the rubber meets the road because all that stuff happening in society is cool and we can all have our little impact on that, right? Um, but our, our little impact is going to become a bigger impact when we're working with this stuff on a personal level because that's another strong belief of mine, core belief that I have is that you know, we shouldn't go around telling other people how they should live their life to some degree. Like we should try to affect positive change in the world, but we're going to affect that positive change by sort of like Gandhi, like being the change or whatever. But also like if you make your internal light brighter and do your own personal work, that's going to be an inspiration to other people and you're going to be able to shine that light further. So anyway, as I was mentioning earlier, Saturn is our relationship to fear. So Saturn, so to work with this on a personal level, we would kind of look at where fear is coming up for us. And so the example I have related to fear and Saturn, um, and so I'm going to tell you how I think you should work with it in a moment. And it's not just like, just don't be scared. Just pretend you don't have the fear, which is what I hear a lot of people say. They're like, acknowledge the fear and move on with it. Anyway, and like, cool, fine, that works for some people. I have another idea. But fears, let's understand first fears. Where do fears come from? They are there to keep us safe. So when we feel scared of something, it's because something in our brain and body is, and I say and body, very intentionally, that is primed to keep us safe. Like something in our being is like, I've encountered this situation before I need to protect my resources. And this is a very like primal thing. You can look into the negativity bias. Like our, our brains are wired to notice problems so that we can protect ourselves and protect our resources. Like our brains are primed for that. It's called negativity bias. You can look more into it. So that's why it's like fears are, fears are okay. Fears are there to, serve you. So things are a little more complex now. It's not quite as like, all right, did you notice the lion that's going to eat you or something? But in a primal sense, that's what's happening. But threats to our resources these days are a little less about the predator that might steal your food and a little bit more about like, did that person in the meeting uh, do something that makes you fear you're going to lose your job or like whatever. Are you scared to act in a certain way because you're scared you're going to lose your job because losing your job or if you're like me getting canceled because I'm like a public figure, I guess. Your fears around those kind of things are are valid because if you kind of get to the root of it, it's like what you're probably scared of is losing your resources because in a roundabout way in our culture, our resources are a lot more complex, like our access to resources is a lot more complex than just hunting and gathering and farming, right? Like for most people, and even people that are farmers, like people don't farm in the way they used to where they were totally self-sufficient, even like a lot of homesteaders I know, like still go to the grocery store for stuff. So um, our access to resources is very dependent on other people. And so I just want to point that out that a lot of times your fears might be coming from some primal biological bias towards wanting to protect your resources. So if you can kind of sort through that on a cognitive level by noticing what happens in your body on a primal level, like where does your body tense and what situations and what's going on when that happens and can you sort through it in a cognitive way so that you can meet that situation with less tensing in your body and less restriction going forward so that you can create more flow. So, um, instead of saying, just don't be scared or just lean into your fears, I think that you can release those fears. Um, and because I do think you need to lean into them. I think going towards what you're scared of can be helpful sometimes, you know, the other times it can be just be reckless, but I think you know what I mean. I think you get what I'm saying. Like do the big scary thing, even if something in your body is saying no and look at like, do a little risk assessment. Like are my resources threatened in a way that I can't recover from 
And if they are, then maybe you don't do the thing. But if they're not, and it's just, you just acknowledge where that's coming from and just explore it a little more, I think it'll be more productive and you'll be able to see that growth that we're looking for, right? When you lean into fears, because there is value in leaning into fears. And Saturn is asking you to do that to some degree, right? Like it's shining a light on your shadows and asking you to lean into those fears for your personal growth. And so the example I wanted to bring up with that is that there's a lot of fear around AI right now. And so we're going to talk more about because Saturn also represents duty, hard work, habits, structures in your life, and attachments, like what are you attached to? Saturn is asking you to release attachments. So this whole thing about AI that's coming up, and people are fighting it, which is like, I'm not saying it's not valid, this stuff about AI, because the argument I've seen all over Facebook and TikTok, or whatever, I don't really use TikTok, but that's what where people are saying it's coming from. I'm seeing TikTok's videos shared on Facebook about the app where people were making the cute selfies with AI. And it was like basically this artificial intelligence software is scouring the internet and it's not discriminating based on copyright for the images that it uses to create these selfies for people. And people are like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, fair, right? That is fair, fair assessment that these artists shouldn't have their work stolen. But some people, not everybody, because I've seen plenty of people that are like, this can work. Like we can find a way to do this where artists aren't having their work stolen, but there are other people and some of these people are artists. And so I'm like, I see where your fear is coming from. You're like, this is going to make me obsolete. And so they're fighting it with everything in their being. They're like, no, no, no AI. Like it's bad. And they're like, no to it. Their body is saying no. So they're saying no. They're like, it's going to make artists obsolete. And there are others that are like, I can see a way that this can work and I can still be relevant, right? And so it's inspiring a lot of fear. And I think we're going to see more of that as Saturn moves through Aquarius because, like I was saying, especially with Neptune and Aquarius, this is an interesting piece of the puzzle is like what I'm seeing with AI is like that's more related to Neptune and Aquarius. AI is this Neptune like illusion thing. Aquarius is tech and advancements and societal advancements. Like I personally... I use some AI softwares that make my workflow of creating a podcast and editing YouTube videos a lot easier. And, you know, technically, yes, that's eliminating jobs because I could instead hire somebody to do those tasks that the AI is doing for me. Or like when I have automations where when you sign up for the chart decoder, it gets automatically sent to you. So like technically, I could, in the old way, I would have hired somebody to do that. But now I don't, I have a software to do it. And that seems scary, right? But it's the way of the world. It's the way things are going. So sort of like with Saturn, anything Saturn, it's like evolve or die, like be stuck in your same old bullshit or don't. And, and I realize like, I'm trying to bring all the nuance to this conversation as part of why this is such a long episode. And so to some degree, like I was mentioning with the fear thing, like to some degree, those fears are valid, like fears of having your work stolen. You shouldn't have your work stolen by AI, but there can be a way to collaborate with this AI, right? And so instead of fighting it with a no and everything in your being, can you say, how can this work, right? Like, how can this work for everybody? How can I adapt to this changing environment? Because saying a big no to it is not going to make it stop happening. And that's kind of true of anything fear related, I just bring up that AI example because it's kind of prominent in my awareness this week. So Saturn is also your relationship to duty and hard work and habits and structures. Saturn is like delayed gratification. Saturn gives you what you deserve. And if you have been working hard and you're like, I'm not seeing the results of all this hard work, Saturn is going to eventually give it to you if you keep working hard. And I think also, especially if you've had a really hard time through Saturn and Capricorn, you know, since January of 2020, if you've been having a really hard time and you're like, I'm putting in all this work and I'm not seeing the benefit of it, I do think that when Saturn moves into Aquarius, you're going to start to see some of the fruits of that. But if you haven't been putting in the work and you've just been complaining about it, you're not going to see the results of it. You're going to continue to have a hard time just in a different way until you start putting in the work. And that's, that's how Saturn works. So then also related to this conversation, uh, like the AI example is another good one. 
Saturn's going to bring up your relationship with attachments. So Saturn is going to strip you of your attachments. If you've been really attached to a certain way of being, a certain way of doing things, Saturn is going to um, force you. If you, you, so you can either surrender, like let go or be dragged. That's, that's another Saturn thing. And I think that's really pertinent to the AI argument is, um, like go or be dragged. Like you can try to preserve the old way as much as you want, but I think your energy would better be spent elsewhere. I think your energy would better be spent not trying to fight what is, real and what is happening and to let go of your attachments to the way things have been and adapt to this new way of being. And so what can help with that is meditation. That's why meditation is pretty much indicated, like having a sadhana, a daily practice, dinacharya, a daily routine, that kind of stuff makes Saturn very happy. Um, and so dinacharya is this Ayurvedic thing of like, I don't know, do you wake up and brush your teeth in the morning? That's the beginning of a Dinacharya, that's a daily routine, right? Do you take a shower before bed? I take a shower before beds, maybe a shower in the morning. I don't know. Um, so there's like all these different ideas of Dinacharya, but meditation is one of the best ways to kind of release your attachments, release your fears, really probe into those fears, um, and do the work that you need to do to reach the next level. So one other note that I want to make before we get into the yoga practices and journal prompts is that when Saturn changes signs, so now we are at the end of Saturn in Capricorn. So if you're watching this as it comes out, or maybe you're watching this later as Saturn is about to enter Pisces, because I do think there's going to be value in revisiting this periodically through the transit. So when these longer term transits reach the end of their cycle, everything kind of comes to a head. And if you haven't worked through this stuff, it's really gonna become poignant towards the end. So I think these last few weeks, like we have about a month left of Saturn and Capricorn because it's January 17th when Saturn moves into Aquarius finally. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road of, you know, do or die. Like, are you gonna are you gonna work this stuff into your being going forward or not? And if not, you're gonna continue to meet the lessons over and over again. And so one example of that, another one that I'm pulling from the headlines that I've seen this week, I'm gonna read you a quote that I got from the New York Times on Monday because it's Wednesday now and I've been preparing for this episode since Monday. Um, Here's the quote. So the infectious disease climate in the U.S. right now is not a picture of COVID's going away, but of its falling in line alongside other endemic respiratory illnesses in the fall and winter. In some years, COVID could be the worst of the bunch. In others, flu and RSV could be. And then a quote. This is the reality that we'll be living with moving forward, said Dr. Celine Gounder, a senior fellow at the Kaiser Family Foundation. So just to recap, the important points of why I bring that up is that there is an acknowledgement from the powers that be that made headlines that COVID is here to stay. Like just because Saturn is moving away from Capricorn doesn't mean that the issues brought up related to Saturn and Capricorn are going away. We're just integrating it moving forward. We're like, okay, this is a part of our reality now. And I think we've learned collectively how to deal with it, right? And so that's a really powerful example of, on a global scale, what's been happening with Saturn and Capricorn and how we are collectively integrating it going forward. So you could think about some things more on your personal life, like where Saturn, where Capricorn is in your birth chart, what house it's in. That's what the decoder worksheet can help with. Um, if you get your chart and you go to my website, there's a little thing at the bottom. If you don't have the birth chart decoder, it's free. Please get it so that you can figure out what house that is so that you can... No, like, have you integrated the lessons? So that will lead really well into the journal prompts. We'll kind of sort through some, some of that stuff. So the yoga practices for Saturn and Aquarius are daily meditation. Like if for the next two and a half years, if you could have a daily meditation, please do. Um, actually, really for anything, daily meditation, like what I mentioned, having a sadhana, a daily spiritual practice, it could just be meditation. It could be a yoga practice. It could be pranayama, it could be any combination thereof, it could be journaling, whatever. As long as you have a daily sadhana, daily spiritual practice, that's going to make Saturn happy. And dinacharya, daily routine, according to Ayurveda, like how you purify your body, according to Ayurveda, which involves eating 
clean foods, but it also involves, um, you know, like brushing your teeth, dude. Like, do you brush your teeth? Do you clean your mouth out in the morning and at night? Or do you bathe? And you can make these things as ritualistic as you want. You can do what's called a biongo, where you rub oil onto yourself in a very, like, ceremonious way. Or you can just put on some dang lotion after you get out of the shower, and that is your dinacharya. If your skin's dry, put on some lotion. You know what I mean? Like, that's dinacharya. That's what it is. So you can make it a ritual if you are feeling like you need that. But I think it's also just as powerful to just just do the thing. You don't, if like, if the idea of it having to be this big ritual is like getting in the way of you doing it, then don't worry about it. Just do it. Do it when you can, right? Um, so that's the idea. And that's if you're having trouble with Saturn ever, those things are what's going to help. And by having trouble with Saturn, I mean like if you feel like you're just having a really hard time. Saturn, the trouble with Saturn is more like psychological in nature, especially if you're in your Saudi Zati, where it's just like we feel mentally restricted, where it's like, oh, this sucks. It's like a mindset thing. And those things are going to help with your mindset. It might be that you're still going through hard stuff. Honestly, it's not going to take the hard stuff away. It's just going to make you feel more equipped to deal with it. And that's what the um, daily routine and Dinacharya daily cleansing practices are going to do. They're not going to take away the hard stuff. They're just going to make you more resilient, more equipped to deal with them. Um, and then so another thing to do with Saturn is seva, selfless service, because Saturn is ultimately like a servant. And especially while it's in Aquarius, because Aquarius is very humanitarian too, if you can volunteer maybe on Saturdays, because Saturday is ruled by Saturn, maybe you make a commitment to do that for the entire transit. Or one remedy I've heard before is how many years you are old count that many weeks plus one. And you know what I think about that? I think that's just like, if you're an adult, that's going to be a lot of weeks. It's going to be like months, no matter what. And I think my opinion on any remedies is like, it doesn't really matter. Like just do something. There's nothing magical about how many years you are old plus one. It's just like, it's a long enough time that you're going to develop the habit and you're probably going to keep going at the end. So volunteering on Saturdays and not volunteering in like a, let me take a selfie at the soup kitchen type of volunteering because Saturn's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're still doing this to be self-serving. Or like if you're doing it in a way that's like, I'm doing this to please Saturn so that I can get what I want. That's not going to have the same impact if you're just like doing it because it's the right thing to do. And if you can do it, maybe you do it because you want to please Saturn at first, but if you can do it until you're like, wow, I really see the value in this. Now you're aligning with Saturn. Now you're talking. So, um, and then in a turn, in the asana sense, in the terms of your physical yoga practice, grounding is going to be good. So connecting to your feet, spending time in nature, um, because Saturn is Vata. Saturn is Vayu. It's the air element. So connecting to your legs, especially your feet and your lower legs, because Aquarius is the calves. So if you do have maybe some problems like feet pumps, because that uses your calf muscles to do that can be good. And then also, I just want another quick note about um, when people say like earthing and they're like, put your bare feet on the earth. It's like, you could put your bare feet on your floor inside. I think, so maybe there's science behind the negative ions or whatever, but that's just not how I operate. If you hang around me for a while, you'll know. And I'm like, I want to know what feels real and true. And to me, I'm like, what do we know about grounding? Why is walking barefoot on the earth good? It's because most of us spend our time with shoes on and the earth, the grass or whatever outside is going to have more interesting sensations for your feet than, um, like a flat floor in your house is. So take that with a grain of salt. I, I just think connecting to your feet, getting really intimate with your awareness of your feet, that's very grounding. And if you're having trouble with Saturn grounding, coming back to earth, like that can help. And so here we are at your journal prompts. So what felt hardest in the last two and a half years? And just think about that. Just what has been the hardest thing? If you could put just one or two things, perhaps, what has been the hardest? What's the theme of what's been hardest? And so this is another one to explore. Get to the root of it. If it's like, feels like a lot of things, it's like, is there a theme? Is there one thing that was hardest related to all of those things? And then you could look into your birth chart and see, does that seem related to the house that Saturn was transiting for you? And if you want help interpreting that, I'm here for you. And then second question, in what ways have you grown since 2020? Or in what ways have you stayed stagnant? 
And so those are the journal prompts. And then again, for the membership, we're going to go more in depth with that. And we'll be working through some more stuff at the yearly planning party this weekend that you can sign up for. The link will be down there below this episode. We'll go more in depth. We'll probe a little bit deeper in a guided way to those if you're in the membership or if you attend the workshop this weekend. And we'll also have a guided meditation. I will get up perhaps not this week, but sometime before Saturn actually moves into Aquarius, I will get a guided meditation exercise for working with your fears for the time Saturn is in Aquarius. So that'll probably come in January, to be honest with you, because that's when Saturn is moving into Aquarius. So I just wanted you to have all this information ahead of time. And this video has gotten very long, so I'm going to actually make the sign by sign a separate piece. So I hope this has helped. Just a quick recap. If I could give you one piece of advice for Saturn in Aquarius, it is to make yourself useful because we're going to see lots of changes. We're going to see lots of advances in tech, power to the people type stuff. Like I mentioned with Windows 95 being this like, we're going to bring this big tech advancement down out to the people. Um, and so we're seeing that with AI. We're seeing that probably with 3D printing. We'll see more um, while Saturn is in Aquarius. So make yourself useful. So if these advancements in tech make you scared that you're going to lose your job or no longer be relevant, then work hard and find a way that you can serve humanity too, because that's a very Saturn and Aquarius, like, how can you serve humanity? Just keep asking yourself that question. How can I serve, right? How can I make myself useful? How could I serve the betterment of people? And especially if you feel scared, lean more into how can I serve? Ask yourself that question during Saturn and Aquarius. So thanks for being here. If you have any questions, the comments on the YouTube video would be a great place. Uh, make sure you like, share with a friend if it feels helpful. Subscribe, do all the things um, to interact with me online because it helps me get this message out. So if it was useful, help me get the message out to other folks who it might be useful for. Um, and you can interact on YouTube now and, and talk to me directly. So thanks for being here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, especially if you're having a hard time with Saturn, your head in the stars and stay in the light. Until next time, friends.